Unbelievable! Absolutely unbelievable! And welcome, Avs fans. I'm Lauren Gardner here at the Pepsi Center. They got nothing but guts! Guts all over the place! I can't believe Colorado it! Colorado Avalanche complete one of the greatest turnarounds in NHL history. The Colorado Avalanche will return the next year to the Stanley Cup playoffs! And now, let's get you ringside with Lauren Gardner and the gutsiest play-by-play call in hockey, Mark Mosier. And welcome, everyone, to another edition of Avs in Your Ear Holes podcast, coming to you from Chicago, Illinois, where the Avs are getting ready to take on the Blackhawks on Friday night. Lauren Gardner is not on this trip. Instead, we've got your roving reporter. Yeah. Sideline sometimes guy. Yep. And you're in studio host with Mark Rycroft, one Kyle Keefe. What's up? Hi, everybody. Um, you know, it's been a while since I've been on the road. In fact, the last time I was on the road, Moju and I did a, uh, a podcast. And, uh, boy, the Avs had a good road trip, and then they ran into the Tampa Bay Lightning. It was like, ooh, mama. So uh, I'm happy to be back out on the road, out of the studio, and um, here in the Windy City. Yeah, it is the Windy City today, too. We looked outside. You saw a few moments ago Lake Michigan. How cold is Lake Michigan? Look? My wife lived lived on Lake Michigan. She's from Big Rapids, Michigan. So I know that there can be waves. I don't know if people know that, but waves happen. It's like you look out there, and it looks like, you know, the Bering Sea, which, of course, I've fished on for years during that show that I was on. What was it called? Uh, Deep Crab. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it, anyway, so we've got, got a lot to talk about. The Avs have won now three out of their last four, and it's cool to be able to say that. It's not one of these, well, they've you know lost six of nine. They've now won three out of four. And, Kyle, if there's one thing that you and I know after all these years of doing avalanche hockey, you can see right away that they're going good. You can see, you can feel there's a difference. I mean, they may look like, well, they're just playing hockey. But you know, and I know, there is a different vibe around this team right now. Yeah, it's, and I said this last night on the broadcast, I said it is attention to detail on every single shift. And uh, sitting there talking with Peter McNabb today at practice, and he brought up the fact that Claude Lemieux was at the game last night, obviously watching his son and watching the Avs, and he got into a conversation. I hate that I always steal stuff from Pete, but he has such good stories. And he reminded him that when he played with the New Jersey Devils that won the Stanley Cup, that they would roll four lines and they would each play 12 minutes. And I started thinking about that and I started looking at some of the time on ice numbers and Landy only played, you know, 1650 and McKinnon was up and, you know, he was still above 22, but you had Ranton in about 19. And so what you're seeing is, is you're seeing the fact that Jared Bednar split those three up. You're seeing a an honest attack uh, from three now four lines because let's not forget that uh, one time you had Toninato get his first goal, you got Greer got his first goal, Agazino. So I think what they've done by splitting them up, and I don't know how long it'll last, but by splitting them up, they've had, it's a constant attack, and we saw it not only in Vegas but against Winnipeg, and they couldn't handle it, and. Now you've got a line that can handle the Shifley line. You've got a line that can handle the Carlson line. So it's, I think it's a good thing. I think it started, Moj, and you tell me if, if I'm wrong, but I think it started on the East Coast road trip with three OT losses to Wash, 
Boston and the Islanders. Am I wrong? I mean, am no, I, you're right about that. They played good hockey on that road trip for the most part. I mean, two of those three games were really good, but they find themselves with you know, only three points in three games. And I know it was disappointing, but it sort of set the table for them coming back and starting to get into a groove. And you talk about the three guys, by the way, the top line, even though they're all on three different lines now, they all scored. Which was right, which was Rycroft's pregame premonition. So let me was just it really re- so? So yeah, so he had like a uh, like something beamed into him, right? Yeah. Well, no, it's now a segment that we do because I talked to our producer and I was like, you know, we got to come up with some, you know, something wacky here in our final segment before we actually watch the game. So I said, hey, let's do pregame premonitions. First night that we did it, I said there is going to be an ag. Mm, what's the word? Agna ag ag antagonistic. 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 How you doing, everybody? Kyle Keefe from Wyoming. I went to school there for seven years. Um, but I said, spent some time in Sydney. He was I, with the Yale crew exactly. team. Exactly. Yeah, everybody. Antagonistic Agazino. And he went out there and had his first NHL goal. And he had an assist, by the way. Uh, so last game, Riker said, I think you're going to see a top line hat trick, knowing full well that the top line was you know, split up. But he basically said that every one of those guys would get a goal. Boom, every one of them did. Um, and I think it's just a, it's a compliment to the coaching staff. It's a compliment to the guys that uh, are believing in the system. They know they had to do something. I mean, something had to change. That was some, some rut that they were in since, you know, since November 30th against the Blues at Pepsi Center. But um, it's, uh, it's awesome. Just the last two games, Moj, I'm telling you, I've seen, well, I've seen every game since 1995. It's, it's back, that, that burning feeling that that sort of uh rough attitude of we're not gonna lose these little battles it's yeah. it's good hockey to watch and when you look at it too and you talk about those three particular players who have led the way most of the year it, it's not just those guys now I mean you look at seven different goal scorers against the Winnipeg Jets and by the way Winnipeg I know they're a little bit funky but it's a good hockey club I mean, it's leading the central division it's a really good team in the last two games, the Fs have blown them out and dominated them in the last week, twice. And they've outscored them eleven to two. That is correct, yeah. and it's pretty it's it's pretty impressive. You look at the Blues game; even though they lost that game, they played really really well. They got Tarasenko, and he made a, a beautiful play, and that's what he gets paid to do—a a billion dollars a year. So the point is that it's more than just those three guys, though. Everybody else has elevated their game as well, and you look at Matt Nieto. I'm so proud of the game he had last night along with Carl Soderberg. I mean, those two guys, and with Miko, I mean, it's those two guys with Miko, and, man, they were just going, going, going. And what line, up, what line did they go against? The Shifley line. Right. And so what does that tell you about what Jared Bednar is thinking? He knows that Carl wins faceoffs. He also knows that Matt Nieto, for whatever reason, is going 1,000 miles an hour right now, and he knows that Miko needed something. He needed to something to pick him up, which it did. And it's a weird combination. Now, Nieto and Soderbergh have been together forever. But the combinations that he has right now are working. It's clicking. It's, it's, it's They're like, who's this weird Finn winger on our, on our right side now? What's going on with this guy? You know right. what I mean? It's cool, though. And Soderbergh, I don't know about Carl, but I've seen some anger in his heart, which I like. Mm. You know, he's the, 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 those guys are the most easygoing guys, but boy, they've been getting feisty, and that's important for this Avalanche team. And, and let's go back to what is an incredibly important thing: the play of Tyson Jost. And look, I know I don't want to get ahead of myself here. He's scored in back-to-back games, 
but he looks when he plays like a different player. Yeah, it's not the goals, though, Moshe. It's not. His it's- aggressiveness, Kyle, is where it's at, man. He's aggressive. He's smart. He's doing the right things. And, and his goals have been good. The one against Vegas where he fights in the slot, turns and fires it past Subban was brilliant. I mean, it's a hard-working play. Maybe the hardest-working play he's had in his NHL career. And he scores that other goal last night to make it 5-1, gets it right back, right as the power play is expiring. But when he comes flying down the wing with Landeskog, and he delivers the from sauce, his off wing that little horsey sauce, that Arby's horsey sauce pass yeah. through the slot, and Landy, I'm not even sure the puck touched the ice. It did. It, it barely, did? and okay, I'm telling you, it was, it, was ex- it was the exact same type of pass that Landeskog threw to Agazino. Correct. And it was the exact, I mean, it, at the moment that it touches the ice, it's in the back of the net. I mean, I've watched it probably 10 times now, and I'm just blown away on what a high-end, high-level play that was because he's got all that skill. But he's playing with confidence now, and he's playing with Landy, and so he feels great. He's got his big brother, 92, on the wing to kind of help him out Mm -hmm. a little bit. He doesn't want to let his captain down on that same line. So it's been a good move by Jared Bednar, and uh, I just love to see the way that kid has come back from the Colorado Eagles. And he said to himself, he said, look, I need, I needed to go there. I needed to go to the Eagles and, and play that kind of hockey, and he credits uh, Ryan Tobler for helping him out and all the questions that were answered. So it, it was really a good thing for him. Listen, everybody wants to go on the beach and hang out during the All-Star break and during the bye week, but he needed that, and he's come back with way, way, way more confidence. Well, and I'll also say this. it's um, I mean, we can, we can go all the way down the line. You can go all the way down the roster and say, this guy's playing well, this game is picked up. But it's a concentration. I get back to the detail. I think what was missing from the Avalanche, or part of what was missing from the Avalanche's game during that tough stretch was you may have three, four, five guys that had, you know, were having good games and then other guys weren't. And I'm not sure if it was the same approach by everyone. I'm not saying that it, guys were trying, you know, they weren't trying as hard. But what I'm saying is when you have every guy saying to themselves, I'm not sure what you're going to do, but I'm going to win my battle, okay? And I'm going to win my shift. And what I saw last night was every time that Winnipeg tried to get it out of the zone, there was either a defenseman pinching in and a forward moving back to the top of the blue line. The support by the it forwards was, has it was been great. It was, it was unbelievable. Kyle, it's been, it's, been, it's been great. It's that instinctive thing, whereas before guys were like, oh, I don't know. Now it's, now it's free-flowing and instinctive, and you're right. The forward support by the F3, I know I'm sounding a little bit... You're sounding like Star here. Wars. Yeah. Hey. The forward support has been great. Overall, let's just call it that. The back checking's been hard. You're totally right about that. And it's and and it's also I want to bring up Matt Calvert because you brought up Matt Nieto, which look, he's he may not get it his name in the paper every single after every single game. Um, but those who really watch and study the Avalanche and the game of hockey know that, that you know Matt Nieto creates plays um that like I said, aren't gonna be on the score sheet. I spoke with Matt Calvert for a good five minutes today. Just about his role and how. How's he, his mullet looking? It's awful. I mean, it's just—it's Joe Dirt. That's what it is. It's Joe Dirt. <laughs> it's shaved on the side, bro. Do you know the bet that he lost? No. It has to be a bet. There has to be. You don't just do that. He's not just doing that. First of all, Matt is a—he is one of my most favorite people to talk to. I mean, he is—he is—he's a super smart. Yes, dude. but he's, like, like when you talk to him, do you feel dumb? Well, I mean, I went to Yale. I was on yeah, the growing team. Yeah. So, um, he just you still feel dumb. Yes, I do. 
but he's uh, he's very likable, very approachable. Uh, he listens to your questions. But I was asking him about his role because we had got into this conversation. Sorry to sidetrack you here, but we'd gotten into this conversation about the future of the enforcer and how those days are limited. You know, they they keep going away. And I remember Donald Brashear, and we talk about Ryan Reeves and how these roles are slipping from the game of hockey. And what it's doing is it's you know it's it's sort of the um, it's the birth of the you know the player that can score nine, ten, fifteen goals and get in five, six, seven tickles a year. That and so I asked him. I said, you know, do you know when you're going to get in a fight? He's like, no, absolutely not. I have no idea. I don't go out there with the intention of fighting. I said, well, when does it hit you? And he said, well, let me give, let me give you an example. When I was in Detroit. And I got slammed up against the boards, and I was going to, you know, back to chase the guy, and somebody grabbed my stick, and then another guy grabbed my stick, and then I got punched in the back of the head. I didn't know who I was going to fight, but I was fighting somebody. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and he's like, I am always going to stand up for myself. I don't care how big, small, I don't, I don't care. Madison Square Garden, New York. Yeah. And he, you know, he's one of those guys where he's, he's a total pro, great family man, super nice guy. But something in Matt Calvert snaps. Zink! And then he's, he's gone. He's Tasmanian devil. He's going for it. That's what happened uh, in, in Madison Square Garden this year. And I'm like, that's a cool... That's early in the season, right? That's a cool thing to see. I think it was like... Wasn't it like game five? Yeah, he's like, I'm not going to take your guff. It's yeah. just not going to happen. So, and, he, and because he's not a huge guy... He has to fight out of his weight class. There, there. I mean, there are not too many guys his size are even thinking about going to toe to toe. Emily him. posted a picture of me standing next to him today. Yeah, interviewing him. I, I find that I might need to eat a salad. I mean, I look like bald bull standing next to Calvert. I yeah, mean, I we look both, like this. We both kind of do. Look at yeah, look at you. Well, I know, but yeah, I'm bent over. I'm sitting. Yeah, up. You got whatever. me in a little chair here. Yeah, whatever. Wait till I stand up. You're making that up. Um. But, he, you know, the most impressive thing that he said about it was, and it wasn't the word impressed, but he said, I'm here to earn the respect of my teammates. And he did it in Columbus, and he did it in juniors, and his numbers were through the roof in juniors, by the way. But he's at the cusp right now, Moj, of tying his career high in points. Yeah. He's just one point away. And he's four goals away from his career high in goals. And that, I think, is a – that's a guy who's going, you know what, I'm 29 years old. I like where I'm playing. I like the team that I'm on, and I want them to know that I got their back if any goes on on the ice. He's a great leader in that regard. And when you see him on the bench and he's he's talking to guys and he grabs that iPad and they're all looking at stuff, and he's he's sort of like coaching them on the bench. Now, listen, when I'm here, you do – you know what I mean? It's really cool to see because he's got that kind of cred. He's been around. He's been in the postseason. He knows what's up. Let's go uh, next to the to the number one reason this Avalanche team has gotten back on on a positive vibe, starting with that road trip and so on. My Let's, name is Semyon Varlamov. That is exactly right. Semyon Varlamov has been playing great, and Kyle. Uh, both goalies, even during the skid, both goalies have had really good games. But the thing about goaltending the NHL is the consistency. That's what you need. You need guys – you need sort of the same performance every night. You know what you're going to get. And there were times when you didn't know what you're going to get out of out of Simeon or out of Grubauer. And so you're like, okay, what are we going to do? And there's a bad goal here and so on. They make t- 10 killer saves in a row, 
and then they give a bad one. Not always their fault because sometimes they get left out to dry in a big-time way, you know what I mean, by their teammates. And so things would be going rough, and, and so it's like, okay, well, what can come together? What can happen? Well, Jared Bednar and company needed somebody to sort of grab that crease and say, it's going to be mine. And it was, let's be honest, it was, nobody was doing it. No. And so Varley has been playing like the old Varley. He made a save. Well, last night he made one with his with his low blocker pad that I, Nadia Komenich couldn't have made that no, save. No, the one outside when he scampered yes, outside the I green. Mean, it, was, he, it, was, he, was, it was awesome. He was Spider-Man on steroids. He made this one save on a partial breakaway, and he just snuffed it out, and the puck bounces away, and then he slides on the ice like a crab. Right. It's like, oh. Like, you could tell he's just feeling it, man. Just just feeling where the guy is coming from. And it, for, for Varley, he he's not a super athletic. I mean, he's really athletic, but he's, he doesn't get crazy. He's more of a technical guy. But when you see him locked in like that, it's a really cool thing to see. Right. I mean, I wouldn't say, yeah, like a Dominic Hoshik that's out there. No, like, just not Tim around. Thomas, no. But let me make the comparison to, a, to golf. Um, you've been golfing or you've seen golfers where like Jordan Spieth misses cuts and he's he's middle of the pack or he's in the back and he's finishing tournaments in 58th and you're like what is going on with Jordan Spieth and a lot of that is mental and it's mental in a lot of sports and so ultimately what you have to do is remind yourself that you're playing a game and that you're thinking too much and when you become too technical whether it's goaltending or it's your golf swing or your putting or free throws or whatever when you become too technical you've you've already beaten yourself and i think what happened was you had a two month stretch there where everything just seemed to go against the abs it could be a a tip in goal it could dribbled five hole it could be a call that you couldn't believe in offsides or a a goal that was called back, whatever it was, it was just like, how is this happening? How is this happening? And a lot of the attention got put on the goaltending. And I think at I some mean, point... In Calgary, Giordano fires that puck. Yeah, I know, off somebody's knee. It, no, it's going five feet wide. It hits Froelich in the hip, hip yeah. and goes 90 degrees... Top shelf! Top shelf, <laughs> upstairs! And you're going... Like, like it hit him, and then it made an immediate right turn off his hip and went pew, underneath right. the crossbar. It's the magic and you're bugger. Going, and you're going, Loogie. Dude, really? Yeah, you're going, dude, really? Right. Really? Off his, he's trying to get out of the way and it hits him in the hip and ricochets. You're going, really, dude? Come on. But what Varley's done now, at least since the Washington game, which is, I think, the last, what, six, seven, eight games, whatever it is, he's, he's back to challenging shooters. He's coming out of the crease. He's square to the puck. He, he looks like he owns his domain, right? And he's just, he looks different. And that does wonders for everybody on the ice. Because if you know that some random shot from the blue line isn't going to beat your goalie, you're you're more uh, likely to break out of the zone faster and to throw uh, a pass to the center iceman maybe that you shouldn't make or off the boards or, or whatever. So it's, you know, he instills the confidence from the back end up. So it's just, it's one of those things that it's infectious. And right now, everybody's sort of got it going. Now, yeah. that being said, you and I, I think, would both admit that we're home dogs, that we're total geek nerd weirdos. When of it course comes- we are, dude. Right. But so we, we're going to find out tomorrow. 
We're going to find out tomorrow against Chicago. And I'm not saying that this is the ultimate turning point. Oh, my God. If they lose, then they then they fall. They win, then they're right here. I'm just saying that this is two really hot teams, with the exception of last night's game, Calgary and New York Islanders, which is g- great for Calgary. You know, good for them. They're They're an awesome team. This is probably the best matchup inside the Western Conference um, that you could ask for. I, I guess you got to take the Blues out of there. I'd love to see the Blues, you know, maybe San Jose or even Calgary. But this matchup tomorrow night is going to be all about which team is better. I don't think this is going to be a Patrick Kane, Nathan McKinnon sort of matchup. This is this is going to be which team is playing better. And don't forget, the Chicago, the last two games, they won 8-7. And 5-4 in overtime. So it's not like their defense is just full of Wheaties. They've given up – let's see here. Yeah, you're right. Seven. They've given up 11 goals in the last two games, and they've won both. They scored 13, and they needed every single one of them, which is absolutely yeah, one amazing. One of them was Ottawa. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that game was an absolute gong show. I mean, it was 5-4 after one, and then it was 8-5, and here comes Ottawa coming back. I mean, it was really – an incredible situation. So you're you're right about that. And then we talk about the back end. You know, I asked Eric Johnson the other day too, because EJ, when he activates, he's so big and so strong and so good. And it's important to have that forward help too. So your D man doesn't get out to dry. But I said, Have you been, you know, have you been told, hey, you know, keep going, you know, activate, uh, you know, jump in, green light. He's like, no. He's like, we're just playing smarter, better, more instinctual hockey. He's like, the coaches have always given us the opportunity. They trust us. When we're ready to bounce in to the zone and ready to make things happen, he goes, they, they, we're cool. they're cool with that. You know, you need your support from your, from your forward, of course, uh, you know, in case anything happens. But he said, no, it's just that we, we're doing it smarter and better now. And everybody's doing it, too. I mean, even like Nemeth. I'm, I'm seeing Patrick Nemeth stick handle behind the net. I'm like, whoa, where are you going, big feller? You know, and Ryan Graves has got the shot. And we're talking about, you know, third pair Ds or whatever. you see the face wash that he gave that guy at the blue line last night? Late Graves? in the game? Just oh, a yeah. little. Get on one. Oh, yeah. He put the, and then he, he gave him a little scrubby scrub. I think it was Lemieux, I think, if I'm not mistaken, trying to come across the blue yeah, line. Yeah, Lemieux's face might hurt a little today after what Greer and him did. No doubt little. about it. And so these guys have been doing a great job. And Tyson Berry's been jumping in. And, and he, you know, when you see the, the – the, here's what I love about the defensemen. And you see that every kind of everybody is below the tops of the circles, right? And then he has all this space, and he comes filling in, and bam, fires that thing away. It's cool to see. Now, listen, the Avs went through a horrific stretch. They're barely in the playoffs right now. But to see them become the Avs that started the season, to see them turn it around, it's a different vibe, a different feel, no doubt about it. You wish this could have happened, like, let's say, late January and, and everything would be okay. I don't know. I don't, so I have a theory on this, okay? So right, hear me let's, out let's, Okay, let's get, let's get Sigmund Freud on right. ourselves here. So yeah. you know a team is really good when you have to exclude them from the conversation. So I'm going to premise this theory. You have to take Tampa Bay out of the equation, dude. I, they're the, they're they're destroying every human. I know, but I mean, like every laying, conversation, they're like laying waste to the league. Every question dude. that I ask you or Riker, Peter, they can lose every game from here on out and win the President's oh, Trophy. Yeah. It's like they're they're so good right now. Right. It's unbelievable. And you saw it firsthand. Yes, the best team we've seen this league in, in the league this year. I mean, for I was sure. literally on the ice. I had to. We had problems in the in the studio, so I had to do a an entire intermission on lightning bolts. Which, if you've ever tried to talk about lightning, Zoink. 
Well, everybody, uh, what happens is the 1.2 gigawatts hits the altimeter, and then you've got sparks. <laughs> that was that was pretty awesome. It was you're so like, bad. like, listen, yeah, the studio has an issue. Right. Uh, we need you to go, Kyle, right. fill the whole intermission. And I didn't have an interview. You're like, I got it. We were I, getting, I got, listen, we were I studied pummeled. lightning at Yale. I got right, this, man. Right, Believe right. me, I've been hit, struck three times. Right. I got this. Right. right. That was awesome. I have static electricity. Um, so take the lightning out of this theory, okay? If every team goes through ebbs and flows, okay, and your team hasn't been through any sort of uh, poop storm, right? If you haven't been through a, oh, man, this team stinks right now, okay? Then I don't know if, if you're truly prepared for, if you can handle a three-game losing streak. Or Let me just tell you what I mean. St. Louis Blues is the worst team in the National Hockey League on December 15th and January 3rd. By far. No, they were. They oh, I the know. Least amount no, of points. I know. I mean, yeah. at one point, Ottawa had more points than St. Louis. Correct. It was over. They're dead. Then something happened. I'm not going to get into what happened. I don't even know what happened. But whatever happened, it happened. Okay? Now they're, you know, they're chasing Nashville for second and Winnipeg. Um, A team like the Chicago Blackhawks. Left for dead. They're, de- they're gone. They're done. It's over. Fire sale. Coach Quembo, fired. What? Have you ever seen a season where, where teams... More teams were left for dead that came back from the dead. That's what that's my whole point. They zombieized this. So thing. think about these teams that have been through hell. And now they're like, we know we know what it's like. It's like having a a, a girlfriend and you're you've gone through uh, I don't know, a breast cancer or you've gone through a death in the family, and then you feel stronger because of it. You're like, you know what, I, I feel like I could do a lot of stuff with this girl. We stuck together, we found a way, and now we're stronger than ever. And I'm not trying to make this some big, you know, whatever. But I'm saying the Avs have been through literally two months of, oh, my God. What happened to the team that we just watched for two months? And now, all of a sudden, you're starting to see that fire rekindled. And you're starting to see it with the St. Louis Blues. And you're starting to see it with the the New York Islanders. And there's teams in the East. And there's teams that you don't want to face in the first round that are like, you know, remember the L.A. Kings. Left to dead, eighth seed. Stanley Cup champions. Traded for Jeff Carter, right. and the whole thing turned around. Yeah, I mean, uh, Before we're done, let's talk about the game against the Blackhawks, who are going strong right now. And I don't know about you, last time they were in town, I went to bed that night, and I could not get out of my head the vision of 88 on the power play on the mm-hmm. boards on the near side. And Kane darting in, pulling it out. He's got this, you know, still to this day, this really awesome flow about his game. Don't forget they had a power play in OT as well. Correct. I mean... Correct. But it was terrifying watching Kane... When he gets the puck on the wall and he dances off the wall, Mm -hmm. you're like, uh, you know what? Just kill me now. because It's it's like watching Jordan sort of... Exactly. Like, it's going in. But they're going strong. They're coming off an overtime win, but they, they blew that game against Detroit. They blew the lead and they won an overtime, of course, on Patrick Kane's goal. But DeBrinckit had a hat trick. Ryan, uh, uh, excuse me, Dylan Strom, I should say, from is Arizona, going, yeah, he's I mean, going crazy. And the, the trade was the best thing to ever happen to him in the world. But let's say this. I don't care about, about what those guys are doing. This game is going to be fun. Dude, even in the best of times or worst of times for either team, they're always really entertaining games, usually between these two teams. I mean, if there's one team that I could tell Avalanche fans, it doesn't matter what the records are, buy a ticket to this game in Chicago or in in Denver, it's against the Blackhawks because these two teams just love to skate and go for it. Mm. 
And I just have a feeling that this game at the United Center is going to be bonkers, man. I think it's going to be a really, really fun game. Then you throw in that a, that playoff position is on the line. Both teams with 61 trying to catch Dallas. Man, this is going to be off the hook, dude. This is go- And the building is going to be insane. 22,000 are feeling it again. I can't wait to get over there tomorrow. Well, and here's the question I'm going to ask tomorrow pregame. One of the questions. When that horn goes off and Chicago scores, and you hear the that whole Chelsea, I mean, I'll admit, I hate that song. I like it. I hate it. I like it. No, I'm done with it. Nope. But anyway, I want to hear it again. Okay, fine. But when that song goes off, it's frustrating. God, for teams that are in there, you're like, oh, this team won three Stanley Cups in, I don't know, five or six years. I've heard this song, and oh, my God, and it's it's deafening in there. I'm going to ask the players, what is it like when you're up a goal or you're up two goals or you're down a goal? What is the environment like in United Center? Because we all know about the anthem. Everybody loves the anthem in Chicago. Everybody loves the atmosphere. Well, now you're on the stage, right? This is this is the biggest All stage. eyes are going to be on this game yeah. tomorrow. Night. I mean, this all is the, eyes are going to be on it. Moj, this is the biggest stage they've been on all year. And I know that everyone was like, "Oh, it's the best top line in hockey." And Mike Madonna jumped all over and people are like, "Oh god, Ranton and McKinnon and Landis Cog." Well, this is a bigger stage because now you're fighting for food, man. Like it's you're out there looking for food. What are you saying, hyena versus hyena? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, both you win, you're still in. You lose, you're out, right? So it's these games. What do we have to go? 22, 23? What is it? What number are we at? Right there. Yeah, right there. So this is a little test of, okay, all right. How about gloves off? Let's go bare knuckle, you know, slugfest and see what you got. And I think right now that with Varley and Nett and the team legitimately rolling four lines, I give it a 50-50 shot. Normally I would say I would give the home team a 60-40 every time. But I give it a 50-50 shot. The Avs like playing in this building. They enjoy playing in this building. There's one guy that I think likes playing in this building more than any other guy in the Colorado Avalanche, and that's Tyson Berry. Mm. Berry comes into the United Center, dude, and he is like on fire. I've seen him score so many killer goals in this joint. I can't wait to see it again. I think Tyson Berry's going to have himself a big, big game. Oh, is this a pregame premonition? Let me channel my inner Riker. Okay. Oh, Tyson Berry. Mm. One and two. Really? Maybe two and one. The, the, I got the numbers two and one in my head. I can't tell which order they come in. Maybe Forsberg will be there. Well, it, that'd be awesome, too. Yeah, no, you, he's back in Sweden hanging out, <laughs> doing whatever it is he does. Uh, so it, you're gonna is that your pregame premonition? Yeah, I think Barry has one and two against the Chicago Blackhawks. I can't wait for this game. It's going to be awesome. Put it this way: you and I, who have seen the very best and the very worst of this squad, we instinctually we know when they're going good and when they're not. And they're they're back to going good. The three of four, even on the road trip, though they 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 turned a corner there for sure. And so now they're starting to find it again. And it's about sort of that mojo and, and about a little bit of that. That chemistry and that that that's something that you can't put a finger on. Mm-hmm. It's something that that everybody knows involved in that team. Everybody knows it. Everybody's feeling it. Everybody's playing off it. 
but you can't describe exactly what it is. You know what I mean? And it's almost better left unsaid sometimes, correct. right? That is correct. I mean, and we're we're our biggest enemies. We go in there, what is it? Right. But Tell the Blackhawks have the same thing going on. Right. right. So that's what makes this so tantalizing and so cool, man. I right. can't wait for it. This is like, who's the wizard in uh, with Frodo and... Uh, Gandalf? Gandalf. It's like Gandalf versus some other wizard. <laughs> One of those other guys with a beard <laughs> and a staff, and he can just make things happen. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You want to get out of here? Yeah, because we got to go have dinner at uh, Thick Pizza or whatever it's called. Lou Malnati's. Yeah, Lou Malnati's. All right, we're off to it. Avalanche fans, like, rate, review is what Lauren says, I think. Well, they probably like it a lot better when she's on here, but I'll tell you what. They really are a lot better when she's here. Is it really that much yeah, better? Yeah, so it's, I think the Avs fans will tell you. Okay, well... All right, I'm fine with it. Bye. Bye.